the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Shout out to our own Santa Claus, the one and only Mr. Max Williams. They call me Ben. <laughs> let's let's get some. Uh, let's, no, we're keep we're going to keep going. Uh, let's get some weird Christmas music. Uh, getting the season. Noel, I would say you and I are are fans of Christmas time, right? Yeah, especially in the spring. Uh, which is, you know, when I like to celebrate Christmas, uh, people look at me kind of funny, but, um, you know, I think Christmas should be able to be celebrated year round. We should make our own Christmas traditions uh, because as it turns out, you know, the Americanized sort of uh, Coca-Cola-fied uh, version of Santa Claus and the Christmas polar bears and all that is all a product of marketing. I'm more of a fan oh, yeah. of the weird, dark, spooky, folkloric traditions of Christmas that is uh, much more prevalent in other parts of the world. And uh, boy, are we getting into one that's quite a doozy today. Agreed. Give me the Krampuses. Yes. Give me your tired, poor, huddled folklore yearning to be normalized. Bring me your children stuffed into sacks and made into stews mm. to be devoured by witch-like troll creatures. But we're not taking Black Pete in the deal. Oh, no. Just to be no, no, clear. No. He's canceled. <laughs> Forever at all times. He's canceled. So canceled. By us, at least. Yes, in typical ridiculous history fashion, folks, we are celebrating a holiday uh, kind of late or very early. However you want to say it. We just have so much fun with this story. We can't wait to explore it with you. Uh, we do want to give some brief shout outs. First, big, big shout out to our peer podcast, Stuff You Missed in History class. Uh, we were talking off air and believe they they had had a take on this back in the day, uh, several, several years ago now. But we're still fascinated with this. We actually, just for rolling, we we're talking about 
how much we dig Iceland. I think it's on, it's definitely on my bucket list to go. I haven't been able to go since the pandemic hit, but uh, what about you, Noel, Max? Almost definitely. Ever since I first discovered Sigurdsson in college, I've wanted to go to Iceland. And just for that sole reason right there. Just like hoping I would run into them. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're definitely going to run into Sigurdsson and Bjork just down the boulevard. You know, they, they're just there always running around drinking tiny cups of espresso and eating rotten shark meat. That's just how it goes. No, my girlfriend um, has been uh, and a few friends of mine have been. And it's a very beautiful place, but apparently uh, stunningly expensive. Uh, just just like, yes. yeah, that's what I've heard. Yes, stunningly expensive. Um, also, if you don't like cold weather, it's not for you. But uh, it, it is an adventure worth having. A lot of my friends have gone as well. But I haven't talked to them yet about a particularly Icelandic Christmas tradition, something called the Yule Lads. You see, if you are a young tyke growing up in Iceland, you have not one Father Christmas, but you have 13 Father Christmases. They're not called the Yule Dads, but they're called the Yule Lads. And during the 13 days leading up to actual facts Christmas, these guys who are whimsical, merry, little rascals, a little bit mischievous, they take turns visiting children. And the way it goes, each of those nights, a kid places one of their shoes on the windowsill. And if you're a good kid, then that Yule Lad of that day will leave candy. And if not, they'll do some other stuff that we'll, we'll get into. Right now, they're a lot less creepy today, right? They've been kind of sanitized in, as in the great telephone game of history. But back in 1746, parents were legitimately worried about what, was, what these stories were doing to kids. So maybe we talk a little bit about about the Yule Lads, right? They aren't, they aren't just like thing one through 13 in some Dr. Seussian way. Uh, they have their own distinct personalities. They got their own vibe, each, all, all 13 of them. They're, they're a crew of individuals. That's right. And they've got some very interesting uh, traits, let's just say. It's almost like a Snow White kind of situation. The Yule Lads each have their own, um, you know, personalities, uh, much uh, in Smurf-like fashion as well. The National Museum of Iceland describes it thusly, uh, and we got this from a Smithsonian article. Meet the 13 Yule Lads, Iceland's own mischievous Santa Clauses. Uh, and here's what they have to say. Dozens of different names for the Yule Lads appear in different folk tales and stories. A popular poem about the Yule Lads by the late Johannes Ur Kutlum, which first appeared in the book Yulin Koma, Christmas is Coming, in 1932, served to make their names and number much better known. The names of the 13 Yule Lads that most Icelanders know today are all derived from that poem. They each come on their own nights of the season. Uh, and, you know, we're not native Icelandic speakers, so we're going to do our best. Some of these pronunciations are a little tricky uh, for our American uh, tongues, but we're going to do our best here. So on the first night, December 12th, we have Steck Jarstauer, also known as Gimpy, who is known for harassing sheep in order to suckle some of their milk. But he uh, has these stiff peg legs, so he's <laughs> not entirely successful in doing this, uh, usually. Then who do we have on the second night, the 13th of December? Well, it's interesting because what we'll see is that it's almost like a heist crew. All of the Yule lads have their specific thing they like to do, and they're often 
stymied by some sort of other condition. So the next guy is Gully Gok. That would be his English translation. He hides in gullies and he's all about waiting for the right time to sneak into the local cow shed and steal milk. And it goes on the names like spoon licker, pot scraper, Skyer gobbler, Skyer being a kind of yogurt. The guy Mm -hmm. just really likes yogurt. And then one of my favorites, I don't know why, is Sausage Swiper. On yeah. The 20th of December, he hides in raf- rafters and he steals sausages that are being smoked. Exactly. Then we have uh, the perviest of the crew, Window Peeper, <laughs> who is known for looking in uh, on, um, uh, you know, the families uh, as they slumber, I imagine, and eyeballing things to steal. Sure. Okay. Okay, Window Peeper. I'm sure that's what you're up to. Uh, and then we have uh, Gatopfur, uh, uh, or Doorway Sniffer, who, Ooh. you know, that's what, he, that's what he does. He's got a big old nose that he uses to sniff doorways. Um, and he is looking specifically for Icelandic holiday pastries. Um, then on Oof. December 23rd, we have Meat Hook or uh, Ket Krokur, and he uh, steals meat using a hook. A lot of lot of food theft going right. on here. And then we have Candle Stealer uh, or, or yeah, uh, this is like Ker- the final boss. That's right. He's the final boss. Uh, or Kertnoksnikur. Kertnoksnikur, uh, I think. And he uh, follows children, you know, as they go to bed, and then he steals their candles. Uh, so all of this mischief and mayhem totals a 13-day debacle leading up to Christmas. And um, after this is all done, they all go back to their cave somewhere in, in the mountains of Iceland. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. 
Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. El right? Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino, <laughs> and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just... I. I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Which I, I love this story. I think uh, folklore is a great way to learn about culture. Uh, oh, we missed Door Slammer, by the way. There's Door Slammer, too. We, we did. About well, we missed, yeah, we missed Door Slammer. I don't know if we got to. We did say Pot Scraper, right? Did we yeah, talk about Stubby? <laughs> bowl Liquor as well. We've got Bowl Liquor as well. Yeah. I think that rounds out the the crew there. They're, they're all doing very similar things. They're all either licking spoons or scraping mm -hmm. pots or stealing food or, 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 or smelling, smelling window, yeah. smelling doors, peeping in through windows. They're mm -hmm. all a bunch of creeps, it would seem. I don't find this charming at all. I find it, you know, I, I like a good rascal story. Um, the, the reason they all have kind of related predilections is due to the fact that they are siblings. Uh, during these 13 days and throughout the rest of the year, their parents are around, Grilla and Lepeloy, and they're the enforcers. They will punish kids who are very, very naughty. Uh, they are scary, ugly, mean, grr, ah. And anybody who runs into them is considered terribly unlucky. Grilla in particular is a hard case because Grilla will sneak into the homes of insolent children, shove them in a sack, and eat them in a stew back in her lair. Yikes, mm -hmm. yoinks. Uh, if you ask any Icelander about her, they will tell you that their parents told them the story of Grilla and that they genuinely are scared or were scared of her growing up. And I, I don't know if we mentioned this, but when we're talking about the Smithsonian article, what's great is you can see some cool stylized pictures of the Yule lads 
who are a little old to be called lads, but shout out to Rachel Neuer for excellent work there. Do check out that article. Yeah, and the uh, tourism uh, board, I guess, of, of Iceland collaborated with the magazine by Icelandic Hotels, and there's a really great article uh, called Iceland's 13 Yule Lads, Don't Call Them Santas, which we're also pulling some good info from. So yeah, I mean, you're right, Ben. This is a cautionary tale for children. The Yule Lads, maybe a little less so uh, because they did kind of evolve into more just like kooky, mischievous uh, bringers of, of Yuletide cheer. Watch your sausages. Yeah, exactly. But the uh, origin of the story is much, much, much darker. So Grilla in particular is the most terrifying of all of these figures. Um, she is known to be uh, an Icelandic Christmas ghoul who is quite large, much more of like a combination of like a witch and a troll. And the and has, uh, I think, cloven hooves, so very Krampus-like, and also 13 tails, uh, presumably one for each of her sons, representing each of the Yule lads. She lives deep in the mountains uh, with her, you know, demonic children and allows one to come to the village on each day leading up to Christmas. And Christmas essentially serves as open season on naughty children whom, you know, given the opportunity, she'll throw into a sack and boil them alive. Uh, and this is a tale that children in Iceland grew up knowing about, like much the same as Krampus. I mean, here in America, Santa Claus kind of occupies both of those roles. He'll give you a good present if you're good and nothing if you're bad or like, you know, a lump of coal or whatever it might be, but nothing particularly, you know, damaging <laughs> or dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is this is fascinating because we're also seeing religious syncretism. I want to point out and I think we'll get into this a little bit later. But Grilla originally, I think, is a giantess or a troll. And she when she's first mentioned in this poem of Grilla, she's not linked to Christmas lore at all. She's just linked to being the the monstrous matriarch of the Yule Lads. She lives deep, deep in the mountains with her demonic brood. Also, she's known for eating children, but she also has a little bit more of a sophisticated palate. She is thought to have killed and eaten her first three husbands because they bored her. And at one time, she just thought these guys would be better as soup than they would be as romantic partners. And apparently, in some versions of the story, these folks, the Yule lads and their mom, roll through with a cat. Jolak Kuturin, the child-eating Christmas cat, is part of the crew, and he stands by to do his own devouring as misbehaving children boil away in the family stew. So to be very clear, if you are a young Icelandic child, the tradition is this. Be good, you get some candy. Otherwise, you will be boiled alive and eaten. The choice is yours. That seems like a little heavy metal kind of way to treat kids, but uh, there's some. There's so much stuff I want to talk about with folklore of Iceland, but maybe we should. Maybe we should start out by talking about like where the Yule lads come from, because they have like you can already tell they have a lot in common with other Christmas traditions that are meant to keep children behaving, right? To obey the authorities, to obey the parents. Uh, if you're good, you get toys. If you're bad, uh, I think the more modern tradition says you get coal or a potato. Oh, yeah. Right? Not, yeah but, you know, not just potatoes. 
potato is at least a, a, a delicious snack if you you can do so many things with a potato. Put yeah. it in the stew, right? Uh, I, boil I've them, mash these, them, stick them yeah, in the stew. I've been, I've been doing these uh, potato fondant things. Have you heard of this? Oh, I know it's the great. ones. Yeah, it's a little extra work, but I love it. I'm mm, I make them like once a week now. Very nice. Very fancy. Yeah. That's the thing, though, Ben. I mean, like, you know, our traditions, you know, I mean, we've talked about how Santa Claus is sort of the original conspiracy theory that teaches children to distrust authorities, you know, specifically parents. But it usually is revealed at some point, uh, whether the kids figure it out themselves or the parents, you know, let the cat out of the bag, uh, not the child eating cat, just the proverbial cat. Um, the, the, this is all kind of made up uh, folkloric type stuff. But the understanding in Iceland, even with the parents, for the most part, is that these creatures are real. There is a, a serious tradition of um, belief in, in this kind of folklore, especially in things like elves, which are oftentimes demonic spirits of the forest. There was a show, I believe it was an Icelandic show called Elves, that was sort of like almost like E.T. meets the gremlins kind of. It wasn't my favorite, but it was about these flesh-eating elf creatures that, you know, wreak havoc and cause, you know, utter chaos. So there is a uh, pretty uh, significant, you know, sense that these are actual uh, creatures that, that dwell in the, in the surrounding woods. There is uh, a guy by the name of Magnus uh, Skarfjönnsson, uh, who is the headmaster of Iceland's elf school and a top researcher of elf uh, folklore in uh, Iceland. And he says that the Yule Lads' more benign kind of presentation is a much more recent invention since Iceland has become a bit more of a, a thriving kind of um, comparatively metropolitan area that's very big on tourism. But there was a time time when things were very, very uh, dire. Uh, food was very, very scarce. And the winters were brutally cold in times before, mm -hmm. you know, um, centralized heating and air and all of that stuff. So uh, you, if you think about it in those terms, uh, these creatures coming in and stealing your Christmas dinner or your candles, those would be serious threats to your livelihood, yeah. to your survival. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got to go here to Terry Gurel, a folklorics professor at the University of Iceland. Uh, and he talks a little bit about the evolution of multiple separate cultural traditions into what we call the Hudu folk or the hidden people today. They're living to in a dimension just to the left of yours. And it's true that at times, like construction has been halted for fear of offending the hidden folk. I'd love to hear from some fellow ridiculous historians who have spent time in Iceland. Uh, I'd love to hear your take on this. I think we all would. The thing is, Iceland is really a multicultural place. Over time, these separate concepts that people brought with them to the area merged in this collective idea of the hidden people. Uh, and now there are multitudes of theories about them, sometimes contradictory. One saying these were the, quote, dirty, strange children of Eve that she hid from God. And when God discovered her secrets, condemned them to an alternate world. And then, of course, other people say that they're fallen angels. You can encounter no shortage of anecdotes of eyewitness accounts from people who believe they have in one way or another encountered the hidden folk. Uh, you can see a catalog of this over at the Elf School's website, which is theelfschool.com. Just go to Contemporary Tales, and you'll you will see people who seem to genuinely believe they've run into something 
supernatural or extraordinary. Uh, I think the Elf School said 54% of Icelanders, just over half, believe that the hidden folk are real. It's strange because they are, if they are treated as real, what's strange about it is they've been treated as real despite the fact that their image has tremendously softened from the present day uh, over the past hundred years or so. They become much more friendly, much more like, oh, you little, you little scamp, uh, instead of being, you know, the people who might mean your family might not make it through winter. They were guys who stole the Christmas food. They're sniffing your, you know, they're sniffing at the windows when you're cooking the lamb. Uh, they're stealing milk from sheep. They might leave you to starve. They eat the candles, and the candles are important because candles provide warmth, right? When you're inside. Correct, yeah. I think a big factor of their evolution was really the emergence of Christianity in Iceland, which didn't come about until what, 1000 CE, I think? That's right. That was after the king of Norway uh, made it the law of the land to be Christian and sent missionaries to convert the, uh, the indigenous people of Iceland. Of course, you know, as we know, when these things happen, it does not just wipe clean the slate of, um, you know, generations of tradition and folklore. But as we know, with the way like pagan holidays oftentimes have merged with Christian traditions like Easter uh, and, you know, things that were, were once um, looked very, very different from what they became, uh, they don't entirely disappear. They just sort of morph into something more palatable, you know, for the Christian ruling regime. And, and oftentimes these things are uh, encouraged or mandated by laws. So there was a law that was passed in the 16th century that said, quote, all disorderly and scandalous entertainment at Christmas and other times and Shrovetide uh, revels are strongly forbidden on pain of serious punishment. Uh, and then in 1746, there was a public decree that actually forbid telling children about the Yule Lads in order to scare them straight, as they right. say. Yeah, the idea was that this this story, as it was told, was so terrifying that it was, in a way, traumatic to children. So for the good of the kids, the young Icelanders, we've got to stop unnecessarily scaring the pants off of them. You know, it's it doesn't seem like a hot take today to say, hey, we shouldn't normalize telling our children that a monster will throw them in a sack and then kill them at the tender young age of six by boiling them alive. I don't think that's a hot take. Maybe yeah. it was a different time. <laughs> but, you know, just say they're, they're trying to steal the milk. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There were always conflicting accounts about the Yule Lads. We've normalized the number 13. That's considered canonical now. But back in the day, you would hear people say, there are 80 of these jokers. That's a long way to Christmas if they're showing up one day after the next. Of course, they say they have different personalities. One of the reasons for their recent popularity can be traced back to 1932. A poem by Johannes Fra is sort of, you'll hear it compared to like the night before Christmas. There's an English translation. This poem from 1932 is a pretty simple rhyme scheme, and it's pretty fun to say. It's just to give you the beginning. Let me tell the story of the lads of few charms who once upon a time used to visit our farms. And it just goes on about, you know, describing everything we've described. Uh, They're mean, but it makes it seem like they're way more fun, right? They're not trying to kill you. They don't bring the cat to eat you. 
Uh, it's it's supposed to kind of make it make it sound whimsical, sort of the same way that uh, Father Christmas went through so many iterations until Coca-Cola nailed down what he looked like, right? And now all of a sudden mm-hmm. we got the polar bear. I love that polar bear. I don't care. Polar bears are awesome. I mean, they're, you know, terrifying. They'll definitely like rip your head off and, uh, and, and eat your guts. But, um, you know, the cuddly CGI ones are nice. Uh, they, they, they enjoy Coca-Cola, not human flesh. Again, sanitized version of all things <laughs> where holidays are concerned. <laughs> right. Um, because, you know, we see the rhyming delight of this poem kind of presenting these Yule lads as more kind of boorish, sort of oafish kind of creatures, not necessarily out to do harm, but just more, you know, kind of pranksters. Yeah. And uh, they, they do have a bit of a mean streak, but they don't really necessarily mean to do um, any children any particular harm. And, you know, to your point about nailing down kind of what they look like, they've started to take on much more of a uh, sort of uh, socially acceptable uh, white bearded Santa Claus sort of David the Gnome kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And these costumes apparently don't reflect the real deal Yule lads you'd meet on the mean streets of Iceland. One folklorist tells us they've met more than 800 Icelanders that believe they've seen elves and four or five that believe they've seen Yule lads. And the Yule lads that these folks said they saw were always described as old-fashioned dressed poor, a little dirty, a little rude and hungry trying to get food, which that could be a lot of people. That's very true. But let's also not forget that this is all based on scarcity and the threat of starvation, right? Because not only are the Yule lads stealing food from children and from these families, they are in need of stealing food because they themselves are relegated to living in caves in this very scrappy doggy dog existence. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 clear that Grilla uh, and, and her husband uh, with the unpronounceable name like to feast on human flesh. But uh, the, the Yule lads, it seem require uh, human sustenance like sausages and batter and and cookies and stuff so i mean they live a pretty tortured existence it would seem yeah yeah it's like we were saying earlier folklore is amazing because it gives us this insight into the story and evolution of the culture from which it originates and you nailed it man the iceland was not a super easy place to live for a long, long time before you have the advent of heating technology or different supply chains to transport food. That's why that's why some things are so expensive in Iceland. It is a harsh environment. And the Yule Lads, in a very real way, are a story about that. And now that Iceland has become less of a threatening environment, right? for people living in the modern day, it kind of makes sense that the Yule lads would chill out a little bit. You know, they they get a slightly less intense vibe, but the story is real. It did terrify children for a long time, and it is true. It got so bad that the story eventually, for a while, was banned. Yeah. And I mean, you know, now I think it's more like uh, St. Nicholas kind of situation where they'll leave little bags of toys in children's shoes. Yeah. uh, Now they're benevolent. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and they do sort of, I think the idea of, of the, the lead up to Christmas in this part of the country, and I think even in, in, in Germany and other parts of Europe, there's a bit of a mischief kind of quality to it. Like I almost oh, yeah. think that uh, like Christmas in Europe and in Iceland, parts of the world like that, it's almost like a combination of what we know as Christmas here and what uh, we would we would celebrate as Halloween. You know, there's a lot more of like a spirit kind of like quality to it and like, you know, ghosts and ghouls and things like that around Christmas. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a, um, you see again the religious syncretism because we saw, see a lot of pre-Christian traditions that got folded into various stories, you know? It's the same reason Easter all of a sudden has a rabbit and eggs, which is not biblical canon. But, but yeah. anyhow, I wanted to take a second before we wrap today's episode and talk about one of my favorite weird genres of film, which is the Christmas horror story. Have you guys seen Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale? I haven't, but you've mentioned it a couple of times and a good friend of mine uh, has also um, suggested that I check it out. I have seen Krampus, which is a Krampus lot of fun and very yeah. gremlinsy, but I've heard great things about uh, Rare Exports. Yeah, and it's uh, it's appropriate for older children. It's It's like a fantasy action horror film that's from Oh, it's from Finland. That's right. I don't want to spoil it, but it's about the secret behind the real Santa Claus. And it's pretty great. Yeah. So check it out if you get a time. Krampus is cool, too. You know, we're, you know what we're doing? No, let's say this. Let's say we're not late with our Christmas episode. We're very, very early. And we want to give you time. We want to give you time to check out some of these amazing, uh, amazing stories, Christmas horror films, but also stories like this around the world that come from someplace much older. It's fascinating. Yeah, and if, if if many folks may be not particularly familiar with some of these more niche kind of holiday traditions from around the world, uh, the Yule Lads and Grilla in particular have not terribly long ago, back in 2018, made an appearance in a uh, pretty mainstream Netflix show called uh, The, what is it, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, which is mm. a kind of more adult kind of teen uh, retelling of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was, um, I think it was a, maybe a book series and then it was a, a, a TV series starring Melissa Joan Hart, who you'll remember uh, of a certain age, folks of a certain age from Clarissa Explains It All. But um, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has got a lot more kind of Satanism and like ghouls and demons and all kinds of crazy gore and and, uh, and creepy stuff. In it. And there is a Christmas special uh, of that series that specifically talks about Grilla and the Yule Lad. So I haven't seen it, but I look forward to checking it out because that sounds like a lot of fun. I kind of also want to go hunting. I want to not hunting. That's the wrong word. Hidden folk. If you're hearing this, I apologize for that. I I want to go on an expedition to Iceland to see what's what. See if we can find some hidden folk in a culturally respectful way. Would you guys go with me? Totally. As long as you yes. uh, as long as you lead the way, I'll bring <laughs> hey. up the rear. Yeah, you, yeah, you <laughs> just pay for it, Ben. And I'm in. Oh, oh no, no. We're and gonna I want, try. I want to... Sigur Ross there. Yeah, we're going to try to get this uh, to be something that that our bosses will let us put in the budget. So Ridiculous History's world tour starting in Iceland, folks. Let's manifest it. As our spiritual friends say, let's make it happen. Thank you in advance so much to everybody who comes out and sees us live in Iceland. Thank you to Sigur Ross. Uh, thank you to our super producer, Mr. Max Williams. 
And Noel, so glad you're back from your travels. It sounds like you had a wonderful time. Uh, are you going to go back around Christmas time to Europe? You know, I think it might be a little cold for me, but I did have such a great time in Berlin in particular and made some really good friends and met a few really great listeners. Uh, no one from this show in particular, but some folks from Stuff They Don't Want You To Know and and uh, Movie Crush, RIP. But yeah, I liked it so much. I think I want to go back once a year. Um, I really, I think it was my favorite city uh, I've ever visited. And then last little pop cultural touchstone on this type of thing, it's Norwegian, but there is a film called Troll Hunter uh, from, yeah, yeah. I believe, the early 2000s uh, that is like a found footage kind of Blair Witch type thing um, directed by uh, Andre Overdahl. Um, that I quite enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I love this one. There's also, I, I've been waiting for a sequel for years, but I think the, the sequel got canceled. So enjoy, enjoy Troll Hunter uh, for what it is now. It, it's aged well too. I actually recently had that on in the background when I was doing some research on trolls. And speaking of trolls, thank you as well, as always, to our own terrifying Yule lad, Mr. Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister. How's that for a thank you segue? He is the quintessential bridge troll. I love it. Uh, and he actually does make you solve a riddle to get through. That's basically what he does every time that we encounter him. Uh, really does. He's quite not even, even when we're not on air. It's like, man, I'm just trying to get some coffee. And he's like, coffee there may be if you answer these riddles three. And I'm like, yes, come on, exactly. dude. It's 9 a.m. Get out of my way. Yeah, it's been nice not having to go into the office as much so we can usually avoid that. But then sometimes he'll just pop into my Zoom and try to make me answer riddles. And I'm like, I already have my coffee, man. I don't need you. Be gone. And then I just <laughs> kick him off the Zoom. Uh, and then he sends me a sad face emoji. And speaking of sending things, we would love to hear stories of regional holiday celebrations unique to your part of the world. So let us know. You can find us on the internet where we are Ridiculous Historians on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, not just as a show, but as individuals. You can follow my urban exploration and my weird research stuff on Twitter at HSW. Or you can find me on Instagram, where I am at Ben Bolin, B-O-W-L-I-N. Big things coming there. Stay tuned or stay tuned. Mr. Noel Brown, are the rumors true, my friend? Are you sipping the social meats? Well, I don't really play into rumor mongering, but um, I do, in fact, have an Instagram account, which you can find at Brown. And I do have a couple of actual grid posts uh, with some random snaps from my uh, from my adventure in Berlin. So you can check that out there. Huge thanks to Max Williams, brother of Max Williams. It's like a Bride of Frankenstein situation. Um, Alex Williams, who composed this theme. Christopher Hasiotis, Eve Jeffcoats, Here in Spirit. You, Ben Bolin, my main Yule lad. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes. 
You heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.